At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is the Yanks Go Yard podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome on in to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Thomas Carinante. Thanks for joining us. 2 o'clock, actually 2.15 Eastern on a Thursday afternoon. We never promised you a rose garden. Uh, the New York Yankees didn't promise you anything either. And how many episodes in a row are we doing? Hey, they're going to have to pivot from that target because they didn't get them. Well, here's another one. Uh, the Yankees are screaming from the rooftops that they are done making significant additions. The most you can expect before spring training is Keenan Middleton now officially reduced from Keenan Middleton or Wandy Peralta because Wandy Peralta is a San Diego Padre. The contract is very weird and we wish him well. I think timing was right for a split. Never fun to move on, but I think now was certainly the time, especially if that's the contract he was seeking or could receive elsewhere. Plus Justin Turner has signed and he will not leave the AL East no matter how much we beg him to. God, why won't this guy depart? The Yankees mid-season trade deadline strategy became a little bit clearer this week when it was floated that Hal was more than willing to pay for a big name at the deadline, plus the Yankees do make one outfield addition this week. I guess we'll talk about that. Uh, You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, every Monday, Thursday, 2 o'clock Eastern. Thanks for joining us. Drop us a review. If you want to leave us a mailbag question in your five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we'll be happy to answer it uh shout out to uh yeah thanks fernando and, and seeing some familiar faces in the comment section and chat already today last chat got full of uh weird haters and trolls uh today hopefully not so much or at we least welcome them all though maybe we're better equipped to accept the haters and losers today um <laughs> I better i feel a little bit personally better but uh thomas garnate welcome to the show you want to kick us off with an offer before we talk about the real losers, the New York Yankees, who again move forward without retaining a familiar face. Yeah, it's okay. We'll get into that, though. For now, we got DraftKings. DraftKings is back. We are friends with DraftKings. Um, another great sign-up bonus for new users that uh, that I think will benefit everybody. Um, if you're a follower of the Yanks Yard podcast, uh, you are in good hands. First-time uh, users on DraftKings punch in that code YanksGoYard. You place a first. Uh, you place your first bet. It's got to be five dollars on any sport, and you will instantly claim two hundred dollars in bonus bets. On top of that, you will be rewarded with a separate no sweat single game parlay every single day when you opt in. Those are fun, um, especially if they're free. And um, not only will you be getting all of those bonuses from DraftKings, punching in that code YanksGoYard at sign up supports the podcast directly. Adam Thomas. Yanks Go Yard, YanksGoYard.com, Yanks Go Yard YouTube. Look at that. It's a freaking it's a chain reaction there, a positive chain reaction that we all love to see, um, beneficial for everybody. So uh, please, if you have not yet, head on over to DraftKings, either the app or DraftKings.com. Uh, head on over to the sports book, uh, punch in that code Yanks Go Yard as a first-time user, um, and get betting. This offer is only available to new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. 
very important. Check the episode description for full terms, terms of the offer to see if you qualify. Reading ads is a lot better when you're down to Celsius, baby. Feels good. And again, uh, you know, helping Inks go yard, helping me, Thomas, helping everybody. Uh, try joining the Discord if you haven't. Uh, yeah. We're trying to get that going by opening day. That gives us just under two months to get some names in that community. It's the only way to be able to talk to Thomas and myself between shows, ask us questions, help form the podcast, but also just join a fan community that we want to get going for game days. So hit join on the uh, YouTube channel, become a member, and you'll get access to that discord um roberto can't comment very roberto. interesting uh, we're gonna figure that out but it might be because he needs to subscribe to the channel which should be uh you should do that we would we welcome subscribers and uh like james said hey how many podcasts did you think we would do where we still had to sort out the fact that there are five catchers on the 40-man roster that's patently absurd um and it's still true you just keep adding and subtracting people and none of them are these catchers so i know you want insurance uh but you're adding Last week, they had Luis Torrens again on a minor league deal. Minor league deal, fine. He's not on the 40-man, but he's going to have to catch some innings at the minor league level. Ben Rortbet, third catcher, he's not catching at the big league level. He's going to start in Scranton, probably, pending injury. Uh, then you've got Narvaez, and you've got Augustine Ramirez, and uh, nobody's starting at single A. So there are going to be maybe backup minor league catchers on the 40-man roster. Our pets' heads are falling off. we got to figure that out. We really do. Um, apparently not top of mind though. The Yankees are just going to keep grabbing names, but one name who will not be on the roster, Wandy Peralta, probably worth starting there. I guess. Um, if it were up to me, he would not have been the choice at the end of this with a limited budget, which they do have, right? We don't want them to have a limited budget, but when they pass the tax, everybody costs double. So you do have to keep money in reserve for, uh, trade deadline acquisitions, which we'll talk about in a bit. You do have to keep money in reserve uh, for the next offseason, et cetera. You're spending double the money with every addition you make. So, Wani Peralta, Keenan Middleton, it's like, hey, does anybody want to take a one-year $4 million deal or maybe a two-year $8 million deal? We'll get that done. Like, we can handle that for you because that'll get doubled, but it'll still be reasonable. The Yankees are not going to spend three years on a bullpen arm. They're not going to risk three or four years on a bullpen arm, even a familiar one like Wandy Peralta, he could opt out after this season on his new deal with the Padres. If he has a successful year, it's a one-year $4 million contract in San Diego. But that's it. If he has an unsuccessful year in San Diego, the contract, by the way, four years, 16 plus million dollars. Uh, that's what we call one year of Frankie Montas. <laughs> Um, but he, he, there are three opt-outs in there, right? We don't know how they're triggered yet, but presumably after every year, if he's great, he can opt out and test the market again. Great contract for Wandy gets to go to San Diego, great city, solid team reunite with Michael King, Johnny Brito, and a whole bunch of Yankees out there. Randy Vasquez, good situation. And, and maybe he's a Yankee next year. If he dominates this year, maybe they pay the price next year, but elite at getting ground balls, soft contact gets hit a lot. The issue is the walk rate. Yeah. The walk rate went crazy last year. It's not like we're not saying Juan Peralta was bad in 2021, 22, and 23. Great Yankee, elite Yankee in the 2022 postseason. Held it down in the ALDS. Uh, gonna be He's everyone's favorite for a reason. Add in the quirky clubhouse stuff. Beloved, right? Not an accident. 
the entire second half of last season when he wasn't traded and he was heading for free agency was cross your fingers months and hope that the FIP and the ERA don't start to match up because the ERA was in the mid twos, high twos, and the FIP was in the fives. Meaning, and, and it wasn't because of hard contact and it wasn't because of all the ground balls. It was the walks. A lot of people were being stranded on base. He was leaving folks on base and getting objectively lucky. And the dam never broke in August and September. And he gets to enter free agency and get those four years without having an ugly ERA. And that's fantastic. But if that ticking time bomb goes off on your roster and you've given Wandy all these years and all these opt-outs, but his ERA is five in 2024, he's not opting out. He's there for at least one more year. It's not like the cost is prohibitive, but you are locking down a bullpen roll with someone who bullpen arms are fungible, might just not be very good this year. So the Yankees did, you don't even have to Hector Neris one year, 9 million. Why didn't the Yankees do that? Cause the tax doubles it, but one year, I mean, you, you could just swallow it Four year risk on Wadi Peralta. Not for me. And, and I was surprised to see a lot of people defending this deal as, as, Hey, how can the Yankees possibly let Wandy go? I think this was kind of Belichickian. Like, doesn't feel good, but you got to let him go one year early rather than one year late. And if you let him go one year early and he opts out because he was really good again, you can just sign him next year. Yeah, I um, yes, Fernando Middleton is still available. Yeah, and that's the pivot. It's it's Middleton or nobody at this point, basically. Exactly. Um, look, I'm going to partially disagree here. I would not have been opposed to this contract. It's a four year, 16 and a half million dollar contract. And um, Peralta has the ability to opt out. So in theory, if he he were to have a really good year this year or literally any year after this year, uh, he he can hit free agency again. So the Yankees would have an out um, in theory after 2024, 2025, 2026. So there's some flexibility there. Secondly, you want to talk about the tax. We were a little bit hesitant about nearest because – that's a $9 million salary doubled to 18. You're talking about a $4 million salary for Wandy, which doubles to eight, which like pretty much pretty much puts him where we thought he would be. We, we thought it would be a two-year, uh, 16, $18 million deal. So that could have worked in my opinion. Then again, if look, if this was too much heavy lifting on the Yanks part, like, yes, I agree. You didn't have to work overtime to make sure you signed Wani Peralta to a four-year deal. He was getting better offers from somewhere else. Um, if the Yankees didn't want to tie themselves to a reliever long-term because they've learned their lesson, um, I totally understand that. However, this was a little bit in the middle because every reliever the Yankees have tied themselves to long-term, they've splurred so much money. Adam Adovino was a three-year, $27 million deal. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of commitment. Um, Zach Britton, three years, thirty-nine objectively ridiculous or oldest Chapman five years, 86 objectively ridiculous. Many people did not support um, all of those. I would say there were differing opinions on an individual level. Um, And yes, I would also agree Fernando that the Yankees do crank out relievers and they don't have to worry about investing in that anymore. But this was a mid to, this was a, this was a lower middle class investment on the free agent market, in my opinion. And I thought that it was doable for the Yankees. Um, but again, they have a full roster. So any signing that they make now would re- require a corresponding uh, move on the 40 man to knock somebody off. Maybe they, they didn't deem Peralta worth it to do that and spend the requisite money. Um, so at this point, like I said, I'm kind of supportive of all the d- decisions they're making. 
to me, the roster is set. To me, they're not making any more moves unless something that is um, absolutely advantageous and beneficial turns up um, that you that you can't pass on. Um, I don't know what that would be. Maybe a maybe a three year deal for Blake Snell. Um, maybe a uh, considerable decrease in. Uh, Cody Bellinger's long-term ask. I, I don't know. It depends what you guys think and and what you're feeling. Um, but you look at the Yankees roster in its totality. Yes, they did not spend a lot in free agency. Sure, we could have some gripes about that. But the additions that they have made have set them up to address most of their deficiencies head on and also give them a lot of runway at the trade deadline, which let's get into right now because maybe they partially telegraph that um, – who is this from again, Adam? You, you wrote about this. Yeah, this is Bob Clappish. Who Bob Clappish. Basically, yeah, yeah. He's got a lot of stuff. He had a lot of stuff in that column, um, particularly mentioning that um, Corbin Burns could be a target of the Yankees at the trade deadline. And maybe that's where they're focusing their energy because they know spending money at this point, whether it's Snell, whether it's Montgomery, whether it's literally anybody is going to cost them double for at least this season. So that's problematic for the luxury tax threshold. Um it's problematic for a lot of reasons. Like once you reach, we would all agree here. The the one of the few things I agree with Hal Steinbrenner on is you do not need a three hundred million dollar payroll to win a championship. But if you fuck up on multiple personnel decisions, and you're the New York Yankees, Los Angeles Dodgers, Boston Red Sox, insert any other big market team here, you have the ability to right a wrong, and you have the ability to do so by throwing money around. I think the Yankees have thrown enough money around at this point. Um, and there's enough on the roster to at least give them the opportunity to see what they have before they need to make any other upgrades. I know there's concern with the starting rotation. I know, know there's concern about some of the bullpen. But if we could trust the Yankees with anything, it's maximizing their pitching assets, which they have done at all levels over the last couple of years. Now, with Corbin Burns, um, I think this is a very logical conclusion to draw, what, seven months from now or six months from now? Um, the only problem is, is that you're putting, you're cornering yourself because you have to rely on the Brewers to suck now. And the Brewers are not playing to suck. They are out for blood after Craig Council left them, um, high and dry for the Cubs. They just signed Reese Hoskins to a a two year, $34 million deal. I know it's, it's like a one year with a mutual option or something, but that's, that's a contending move right now. If things fall by the wayside for the Brewers. They have a ton of assets. Burns is gone. Hoskins is gone. Adamas is gone. They could figure out a way to get, get Yelich out of there if they need to. Um, uh, who's the other pitcher in the mix there that they could probably get rid of? They got rid of Woodruff, but there's somebody else. Yeah, I mean, um, Freddie Peralta, theoretically, yeah. Devin Williams, if they want to go crazy. Devin Williams, yeah. But, yeah. But the, yeah, so the, the, the Brewers perfectly built themselves kind of, I feel like, as they do every year to like, Let's see how the first four months of the season go. If not, we have a lot of asset that, assets that teams are going to like. Problem is, they kind of do have a good team. They're the reigning NL Central champions. They lost to the World Series, uh, the, the NL pennant winners in the Arizona Diamondbacks in the wild card round. But the NL Central is still weak. The Cardinals have a lot to prove. I'm not, I'm not sold on the Cardinals by any means. After the last two seasons they have at the early playoff exit in 2022 and then whatever meltdown they had this year, not sold Cubs. Technically got worse. They haven't improved. They lost Marcus Stroman. They lost Cody Bellinger. Those guys are not back. I know they they signed Imanaga and they brought in Council, but um, 
it, it's going to take a little bit more than that. Um, and then you have the Pirates who are straight up bad, and you have the Reds who are, um, I think, a good roster, but they are relying on a lot of young uh, uh, production from young players, which is never reliable um, in terms of you know a steadfast formula. So the Brewers are in good position to win, and if that's the case, Yankees are out a major trade partner. I agree with you. Um, obviously, like, why wouldn't I? Um, obviously. But, but he's, uh, I mean, if, if Corbin Burns is the, is the focus, right. Which apparently like, Oh, Hal has no worries about absorbing Corbin Burns' salary. Cynical. I put the cynical hat on. I've done it before. We do it every show. Like Putting he might on. not even, might not even be available. So like, that's an easy thing. It's an easy fucking thing to say. Like oh, yeah. I have no issue paying Corbin Burns is half of Corbin Burns' salary. <laughs> okay, but maybe you have an issue uh, surrendering Spencer Jones for him or Jason Dominguez for him. Or maybe the Brewers are 20 games over 500 at the deadline, and it's like, oh, I I would have totally absorbed Corbin Burns' salary, but they were too good, so I got Steven Matz. Like, we, we just, you know, we don't know. We don't know where we're going to be in the middle of the summer. But that said, even with the cynical hat on or take it back off again, I think preparing for the deadline is <laughs> – get it out of here. I think preparing for the deadline is the right move at this point in time because – I think there's enough depth here and there's a five man starting rotation. So there, there's, you know, they, they can get through opening day. They get through April, May, June. If you're contending, like you think you are prepare for the deadline, see who's available. People yeah. will be available. It will be a frenzy, but typically the, the thought is, well, mid season, it's crazy. Like there's so much competition. The offers are nonsense. You have to outbid each other, but that's what's going on right now. The Dylan Cease offers they're asking for, according to John Heyman, the sun and the moon the White Sox are asking for for Dylan Cease. If that's what it is right now, how can it get crazier at the deadline? It's yeah. just crazy now. It'll be crazy then. But every team with a, a starting pitcher that's on the market is telegraphing either we're going for it, they're not available, or we're not ready yet. You know, we want, we want to get blown away, and if we're not blown away, we're going to hold them to the deadline. And when push comes to, hey, at the deadline – you better be ready to give that person up because then you'll be the angels and Shohei Otani. If you get to the deadline and you're like, still, you got to blow us away. We're confident. Then, okay, you might just be holding the bag and putting people on waivers at the end of August like the angels were last year. Yeah, you got to – at this point, they – I'm confident they have because there's been a lot of turmoil um, and, uh, you know, outside criticism. But they better have narrowed down who they are ready to trade at the deadline because, remember um, – there's going to be a lot of unexpected teams probably in the seller mix um, as happens every year, like another flop from the Cardinals. You got a lot of assets probably on the market there. Cause at that point they know the roster probably has to be blown up. Um, you can go around the league and look at a multitude of other teams that, um, you know, are quasi contenders. Um, and then you just never know what happens with injuries. Like injuries can derail a good team season. And then they realize that, they have a wasted, you know, four months ahead of them and they need to replenish, you know, something else in the meantime to make up for all of, you know, the next lost year or whatever it is. You never know who's going to pop up on the market, which is the positive aspect of the trade market. But telegraphing who you're going to look at in, you know, someone like Corbin Burns or the Brewers, like you cannot be pigeonholing yourself to one team and one group of players on a certain roster because you just never know what's going to happen. I would say... The best work they could have done was evaluate the market now, come to terms with guys that they're probably going to have to part with if they want to upgrade the major league roster and become real contenders. Um, 
and have some sort of ranking on who they're prioritizing in terms of that star power. Are you willing to give up that extra couple of prospects for Dylan Cease? Are you willing to, you know, give up, give up um, maybe some major league talent plus some top prospects if you want to package in, you know, Adamas into um, a Corbin Burns deal to help deepen the infield? I don't know, but they, they, I'm confident at least at this point that they've at least done their homework on that front uh, because the way that Aaron Boone has kind of spoken about it um, and Michael Kay on their recent appearances, Aaron Boone was on Talking Yanks. Michael Kay was on Foul Territory. Um, the Yankees have been doing a lot of work this offseason, and they were in many trade talks, um, as a lot of other teams have been, that didn't materialize, but they've gotten a good gauge for what's going on, and now they just got to be prepared for the deadline and potentially – you know, surrendering some players that they might not have been keen on doing so at this very moment. And I hate to do this and do we, can all, we can all say like, I wish the names were different. I wish there was another stud in this rotation or whatnot, but sure. the Yankees have done the work. You can, you're allowed, you're allowed, we're allowed. Everyone is allowed to push back on them and say, I don't believe in X player you've acquired, et cetera. And they're also allowed before it plays out to say, well, we do. Um, the 40 man is full now. I wish it wasn't. I liked when it wasn't. It let us do the Yorbit Vivas thing and Victor Gonzalez with the Dodgers, but now it's full. So you've got those surplus catchers. Obviously that's got to get dealt with. You've got Nick Ramirez. And I don't think any of us would be very upset if, if he was maybe a roster casualty, etc. cetera. Uh, but we're running out of space here. Uh, there are no more people in the outfield or infield who don't belong. And again, that's not even, I don't want Alex Verdugo, really. If, you, if push comes to shove and you're like, you could get rid of Alex Verdugo, then I would. But yeah. there's nobody, there's no Bubba Thompson to hang out in the outfield. Oswaldo, Dominguez, Grisham, Judge, Pereira, Soto, Verdugo, Giancarlo. Now, Dominguez will go on the 60-day IL that will at some point open up another roster spot. But for now, not DFA and him. Infield, LeMahieu, Peraza, Rizzo, Torres, Vivas, Volpe. Everybody has to stay. You got some catchers and you got some relievers to deal with. But here are the people that the Yankees can't DFA right now who they like, who they went above and beyond to say, we like this guy. We think there's something here. Cody Morris from the Guardians, who's got options, right? But you can't, you can send him down, but you can't DFA him now. Cody Poteet, who, again, not coming from my mouth, but yes, hot stove. Michael K saying the Yankees really think they've got something here. He's coming off of Tommy John. He made starts with the Marlins. He's a swing man. They like him a lot. They're not, you can't DFA Cody Poteet and you might even need to sneak him onto the active roster. Luke Weaver probably has to make the active roster to start the year. Matt Gage, who they just took from the Astros, the corresponding move of the Josh Hader thing. I don't know much about Matt Gage. Uh, I know he's got great big league numbers, but not great AAA numbers. And the strikeouts don't match what he does in the bigs and the small sample size with Houston and Toronto hasn't necessarily matched with his minor league production. I don't know how much they like Matt Gage. Maybe he's last in first out again, but Poteet and Morris and Weaver, I they went through efforts to sign those people and find a way to get them, you know, trade for Morris and sign Poteet and sign Weaver. They, those guys are making it to opening day, presumably. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they're going to be in triple A or in the bigs, but they, they like those guys. Right. So they're not just going to randomly be like, sorry. Unless there's some crazy spring training shakeup where prospects, you know, jump the ladder and they want it like, but they don't usually make those decisions. Volpe was like the one exception last year. 
Um, and that was because they labeled the comp, they, they labeled heading into spring training that it was going to be a competition. Um, and he kind of responded to that. So they rewarded him with it. But I don't think we have the same vibes in the bullpen or the or rotation. Or Scott Efros is, is, you know, he's a, they, to come back. Yeah, they said that. So that could be a problem. Boone said that yesterday. He's not, he's going to be slow. Yeah. So if he's slow to come back, maybe he starts the year on an IL and maybe it's a 60 day and maybe he comes back in June and, and maybe that helps sneak somebody which on there. Which would be crazy, but. Which, which would be crazy, but I mean, Will Warren is somebody who absolutely could make a, a roster jump at this point, at some point this year. Clayton Beater, uh, Warren needs to be put, put onto the 40 man. He's, he's yeah. not there right now. And that's pretty annoying. Uh, Boone also mentioned Yoandres Gomez and called him Yogo. That's Yogo. Cool. Um, Nick Ramirez is not long for this team, uh, and that's fine. But I think the other guys are going to go pretty far to protect them, and, and these catchers obviously must be dealt with. A, a crazy thing. If this year's not having lefty outfielders at all, this year's version of that is, oops, five catchers. Are you kidding me? Like, when, when you've got these names to protect, you got to pick, pick one. you got to pick one, and you got to trade the other one or, or two. The other one or two. They got rid of Hagee, and there's still five of them. It's uh, it's Jim calling Michael Scott from his office. You got to do something, man. <laughs> you got to do something, man. <laughs> uh, Chase Hampton, yeah. Um, he's got a little ways. He was double A mostly last year. Yeah, you're going to – he's going to spend most of the year. Did he even hit triple A last year? Not to my knowledge. Yeah, I don't think he did. Um, but, yeah, also possibility. You never know. You never know who rockets up the uh, – the rankings and I think the there, there's a sense there could be a renewed sense of urgency like look they did the they did it with Volpe last year and now you look at 2024 with the way they've structured things like Juan Soto free agent after this year Alex Rodugo free agent after this year um off the top of my head I forget who else there is but there's a bunch um either way those are two really big um players who are going to be integral to what the Yankees need to accomplish so if they have to expedite um a timetable for a top prospect if will warren blows them away in spring training if chase hampton blows them away in spring training i think they might do it um and there's no kool-aid for me to drink at this point uh i'm not that they have not hypnotized me um it's just the reality of the situation and the gravity of the situation the gravity of the situation is like there is a feeling of world series or bust here um and i know we say that every year uh, but the standards have gone down a little bit in the last decade in terms of what Yankees baseball has been. Um, and I think they have done some work over the last six months to renew the the stakes. And I think everybody kind of understands that um, maybe there is a little bit more urgency this time around. I don't know. That That's, that's what I'm feeling. Maybe in April I'm singing a different tune and I'm criticizing everybody like I usually do, but um, there, there's been enough quiet at this point where instead of being interrupted by constant bad news, I have, I've had some time to reflect everybody. Um, it hmm. seems like there is, there is a little bit of a, a different messaging this time around. Um, you know, you look at it with Aaron judge and Garrett Cole getting a little bit more involved with the front office. Um, I think that all has something to do with this. Yeah. I, uh, I also Jason like, Hayden, right? Uh, well, there's a there's a photo of him looking kind of fat at spring training, but I, I'm actually he's wearing like a he's wearing like a big vest. 
He's wearing like a giant stomach. Girthy. Mask. That's the word we use, guys. He's girthy. I'm gonna need to see some more photos of Jason Dominguez before I'm like, fat guy. He's a fat guy. Um, <laughs> you never know. Maybe, maybe we'll do the Jason Dominguez is a fat podcast in a couple of weeks. But he's wearing like a, <laughs> wearing like a big, thick, uh, weird. I don't know. Uh, who knows? Or maybe that's just a girdle. I actually don't know. It's it's an odd picture, and it definitely struck me when I saw it as like, is he fat now? But uh, <laughs> I, I trust him to uh, I trust him to probably get down to the right level. Also, imagine if we were, uh, you know, if they signed Yamamoto, no one is complaining at all. We were yeah. one signing away from everyone being like, this is the best Yankee roster of all time, and that's a complete unknown. That's three hundred million dollars to someone who's never appeared. Who there's an empirical data, but has never appeared in Major League Baseball before. Um, so you think about how quickly the narrative can change. You can call the team out before the season. We did a go back and listen to us when Alex Verdugo got here. We were furious, furious, furious at that. And I'm still not thrilled, but yeah, not the happiest. So I'm I'm gonna let the plan play itself out at this point. I already got that out of my system. I don't have it in me to be like Cody Poteet is blocking Wandy Peralta. Like I I just don't have that in me at this point. And even, it, you know, they have access to metrics I don't have. And even the metrics I do have, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm I'm glad that that happened. I, I, don't, I don't need Wandy. I wish Wandy well. And I think they probably are going to sign Keenan Middleton and then maybe Matt Gage goes away. But uh, for now, need the lefty. Uh, had shout out to the guy, too, uh, at the John Boy show. The first question to Aaron Boone was like, not even a question. It was just him being like, we used to say we play today, we win today, that's it. Now you guys don't say that anymore. Now you like rest people and lose all the time. What's up with that? Now <laughs> yeah. uh, In the nicest way possible. I feel like we're a bunch of losers now. Remember when what we used to say to about that? Con- yeah, remember when we used to win constantly and now we don't? I mean, not even a question. I just liked it better before. And Aaron was like, <laughs> uh, but that guy was great. And and I think every, I think all fans who have the opportunity – and the, let's face it, the fortitude, because not, not, I don't know if I would say that if I met Aaron Boone. Uh, no, um, I would not. I Actually, I do know that I would not, in fact, no. say that if I met Aaron Boone. Um, but that guy, shout out to that guy. You're, you're able to do that for sure. Right now, I'm going to trust. I'm in my three-week period of trusting the front office. The roster's there. They believe in these pitchers for a reason. Let's see what they can do. I'm going to, tr- and then as soon as people start getting injured at spring training, as soon as people start getting picked off, as soon as someone says something weird, as soon as Anthony Rizzo is like, I still can't see straight. Then I'm going bet. You're right. I'm, I'm a killer with a day off right now. I'm taking a day off, taking yeah. three weeks off. Sure. First thing at spring training, it sets me off. It gets me angry. And I'm going to be mad all over again. That's how it goes. But for now, I'm going to be like, all right, this is the roster. I like Cody. I don't mind Cody Poteet. Let's see what he's got. Um, yeah. Speaking of somebody else's roster though. Why can't we get rid of Justin Turner? Why? Um, you and I were early on the Justin Turner shit last year when everybody was like, Justin Turner, the Red Sox, pff, doesn't move me, washed, yeah. old. Um, never mind the fact that he's got a big red beard. He looks like the absolute perfect Red Sox. He borderline, borderline looks like a Red Sox mascot. Never mind the <laughs> fact that every successful Red Sox team in recent history has had just old angry grinders with pedigree like the justin turner the red sox last year was the first red sox movie that scared me that whole offseason and yeah. lo and behold he embodied that city perfectly to the point where he got like a farewell send-off standing like, ovation on a one-year as he leaves at the end of a one-year deal with an option um he what did he hit against the yankees you had the stats but it was over oh, god over 400 I- yeah, keep going. I have it right here because I, uh, I 
we said, though, we said from the jump, like, this guy, I don't know what kind of year he's having, and I think it's going to be a good one. But what I do know is he's going to kill us. And everyone was ignoring it last year, too. There are people still on the market, by the way, that people are ignoring. Why is J.D. Martinez not on a team yet? He's going to Jorge crush Soler. Them. Why is Jorge Soler not on a team? Jorge Soler could go to the Red Sox and hit 40 home runs. I still he will. Think the Red Sox have some missing pieces, but I feel like he will be a Red Sox, and I feel like he will be very good. And we'll be first on that one, too, when it happens. But look at Justin Turner's splits at the end of last year. Uh, second half of last season. Not last season, sorry, 2022, uh, hit 319 yeah. with the Dodgers in the second half, 889 OPS, and everyone's acting like, oh, this guy's washed. Well, shocker, yeah. he shows up to Boston and he kills us. Red Sox don't show any interest in retaining him. Stupid. And where does he go? Toronto. 13 million. Toronto people are now crying about this. Toronto people are the second. What was AL that East, about? Second AL East fan base in a row to cry about acquiring a player who's A, objectively good, B, all-timer for the past decade, C, not done yet, and D, probably going to kick our ass. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you might, Blue Jays, what are they bitching about that he's probably mostly a DH? Sure. Like, A, you need to fill the DH spot. Brandon Belt was your DH last year and he sucked. Secondly, Turner can play first base, second base, and third base. You don't want him there every day, but in the event you need somebody there, he can do it and he's really fucking good. Yeah. 347 batting average, 653 slugging. 1.071 OPS in 12 games against the Yankees last year. Four homers, 14 RBIs, three doubles. He struck out eight times. This and like this is exactly it. what we knew was going to happen. Obviously, his situation is not as good as it was. The Green Monster, I feel look, the, the Green Monster is a green monster. Turner swing. If you've watched enough of Justin Turner, he lifts balls in the air. Could not have been a better fit for him in Fenway. The Red Sox, I am eternally grateful for them being cheap as shit and not deciding deciding to either figure out a way to retain him when he rejected his player option or going back to the well at this point and him saying, yeah, uh, Toronto's offering me $13 million for one year. Can we go 15 16 mm -hmm. The Red Sox didn't want to do that. Whatever. Either way, I don't know what Blue Jays fans are complaining about this. If they are, they're stupid. Um, and hopefully that, that – um, that uh, comes back to bite them in some certain way. I saw some weird stuff on social media with the Blue Jays guy saying, wow, I hate 25 homers too. I guess he was responding to all the fans complaining about it. But yeah, Justin Turner's still good. Um, he comes to play in big moments. If you haven't seen his postseason stats, I know the Dodgers don't have a whole lot to show for it because um, they've been more of a postseason disappointment than anything, but he's a postseason legend for them. He has the most doubles in franchise history and uh, uh, for postseason games, I think. Um, something else particularly crazy. Um, so, yeah, this is a guy who has great veteran leadership. I think something the Blue Jays kind of need. Uh, they've had a lot of issues there with, um, you know, changing managers from uh, Montoyo to uh, uh, Schneider. Um, seems like the young guys are ruling the roost there, um, with not the greatest direction ever. Uh, Schneider's becoming like a worse version of Aaron Boone to me, like the, pl the ultimate players manager, but what does he do outside of just pat all the players on the back, um, and call guys on the Yankees fat boy. Cry uh, baby last year. I mean, that that's what stood out to me. Yeah. People say Aaron Boone throws too many tantrums or whatever. Aaron Boone, I mean... Why, why am I defending Aaron Boone today? Like I like Aaron Boone. I like him do? like as a guy. 
I do too. And, and look, it's overkill when your team is just not getting fired up. You're trying to fire them up again by throwing tantrums with the umpires. I get it. But yelling at the umpire is tail as old as time, right? Yeah. If you hate Aaron Boone or you're a Yankees rival, obviously you find it annoying, but that's been going on for decades, century, Earl Weaver, Lou Pinella, like it happens. And it's, it's a tactic for firing up the team or you just hate the umpire, which is valid because the umpire sucks. Hate him. John Schneider was losing, giving up homers to Aaron Judge, and then was like, well, he's cheating. Oh, no, he's cheating. Wait, so the base coaches are cheating too. They're not in their little boxes. That is baby shit. That's yeah. soft as baby shit. That is seeking out. Uh, if you're accusing everyone who beats you of cheating, and it, it's that culture in Toronto, it breeds it. You, you have the announcers after that being like, I think Aaron Judge should be hitting ahead today. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, yeah, great. <laughs> Give me a fucking break. And it comes from the manager being like, all right, my reliever got, uh, you know, poured a gas can on Aaron Judge's bat again. I, I think it's probably the base coach's fault. Or I think it's his eyeball's fault. Come on, man. Look inward. And then fat boy, that's just childish. Very funny, but yeah. childish. So that's different levels of toddlerdom to me. Like Aaron Boone. And again, if, if you hate Aaron Boone and the Yankees, I'm not like, you should like him. He's part of the proud tradition of throwing tantrums behind home plate. No, I would hate Al I hate Alex Cora. Absolutely. But I don't think Alex Cora is quite as much of a baby as John Schneider is. Yeah, no, I agree. Alex Cora also has whether we believe it to be a true achievement or not, has a hundred eight win season World Series under his belt and well, he devised the smartest cheating scheme in the history yeah. of baseball. You gotta give him um, <laughs> and was instrumental in helping the Astros rise whether it was again cheating or not um so he has some things on his resume john schneider again a guy cool like i'm sure he's a nice guy but like yeah first year what year and change as manager you're calling out the other team for cheating and and insulting them like grow up um pretty much embodies that fan base if any blue jays fans want to come on here and talk um we'll be happy to but we're yeah we got, yeah we're eyeballing one specific blue jays fan would love that guy. yeah we got you got Justin Turner. It's a good signing. We're telling you it's a good signing. We are predicting it's going to kick our ass this year, um, like we did last year. Um, so yeah, I mostly good things to say. Just stop being children. Pretty simple. Well, the Blue Jays are worried right now, to be fair, because the Orioles are maybe going to Steve Cohen it in the AL East the next five years or so. I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when I see it with Cohen, too, by the way who, like, I was told Steve Cohen going to, oh, no one's going to spend as much as this guy. And I guess he racked up an insane payroll last year to maintain the roster from the previous year and ended up not being a very good team. So I've still yet to see him just go, oh, it's $350 million is going right for that free agent? How about 900 for me? Like, <laughs> he's not done that. He's never going to do that. Um, but it's objectively the Mets are in a better place than they were three years ago under previous ownership. And the Orioles have gotten an Orioles fan hedge fund billionaire group, Cal Ripken involved to be the owners uh, at the right time. They are, you know, now not going to let this whole core walk. Maybe they'll pick and choose. There are a million power hitting infielders in the Orioles system right now. They can't sign all of them long-term because yeah. you can't play all of them. You're going to have to trade them for pitching at some point, but the Orioles just got a lot more threatening. They've got guy, they've got talent to extend and they got the people in place to do it. The Blue Jays have not made progress on Vlad Jr. They have not made progress on Bo Bichette and are now starting to reckon with the fact that their window might be prematurely closed. The movie may never come out. It might be one of those movies that Warner Brothers strips. Remember that, uh, like, 
that Looney Tunes movie or whatever, then Warner Brothers is just like, we're not putting that out. We forgot. That's not coming out. Um, that might be the Blue Jays movie because Vlad Jr., Bobachet, clock's ticking. You know, you got that great pitching staff signed long-term. The offense is not locked in long-term except for George Springer, who I think they'd rather maybe not have on the books at this point. If they could undo that, they would, but you can't. That's the problem with contracts. Can't do it. And yeah, Toronto clock's ticking. So I think Justin Turner is going to, stomp the yard in the AL East, but I don't know if he's enough to get you past. If you can get to the dance, if you can get to the wild card round again, then maybe he'll make the difference in a short series, but yeah. it's tough. It's that's a, that's a, that's a tough spot. And I do feel like Vlad jr. To the Mets is, is a great call because they do not seem to care about extending Pete Alonzo as much as Pete Alonzo wants to be there long-term Pete Alonzo feels like a cub. Vlad jr. Feels like a Met. That makes a lot of sense. It really does. Um, and we will see. We will simply see what happens. But for now, this is the reality. Um, we got to welcome somebody back. How could we forget? Greg Allen is back with the Yankees, everybody. Uh, minor league deal, probably going to be outfield depth. Will inevitably come up to the major league roster when somebody gets injured. Um, will hopefully be a spark plug. Uh, lefty bat with some speed. Um, in 2021, we begged for more playing time. Uh, from Greg Allen because he. Oh no! In 2021, I begged for sweet merciful death. But if I had yes. to beg for something, I would have begged for more playing time. Yeah. For Greg. It was death then Greg Allen. Yeah. Um, Greg Allen came. Was it July or August or something? Uh, when the Yankees were, I think it was July because the Yankees were like certifiably dead, and then the trade deadline helped renew some hope. Um, that year, even though it was still completely agonizing, but the Yankees were very unathletic. They were right-handed heavy. Um. They had no speed on the base, base paths. They, they didn't steal any. They still barely steal. If it wasn't for Anthony Volpe, this team would still largely not steal bases and not take the extra bag or, um, you know, threaten the, the the opposing defense, which we have complained about for so long. Um, and Greg Allen was here for a couple of weeks doing exactly that, you know, rounding first aggressively, trying to swipe second, um, you know, get, putting the ball in play. Another Another simple concept, baseball, learn it. Um, but yeah, I think this is, um, another smart depth deal. Um, I, I, the Yankees are oddly obsessed with him. I don't know why, and no other team has picked him up. Very bizarre. I don't know how this works. It's like the same players end up with the same organizations and these weird merry-go-rounds. I don't know, but if Greg Allen's going to be shuttled between Scranton and here and know his role and come in when he needs to, Great. Um, just hope he doesn't have to, because you know what that means? That means there's a problem with Aaron Judge, Juan Soto, or Alex Verdugo. And I don't really want any of that. I mean, it's very funny that we're going to end today's show being like on, on the Greg Allen note. but We can uh, end it however we want. Look, minor league deal, not on the 40-man. Right now, not on the 40-man. Uh, 8-12 OPS last year for the Yankees in limited duty. 8-49 OPS for the 2021 Yankees in limited duty actually been very good for the Yankees both times they've had to use him those are the two best seasons of his career in 2019 he was you know he's decent for Cleveland but he couldn't really hit 66 OPS plus he's been over the 100 marker that denotes average play for the Yankees both times they've had him 136 and 21 119 last year uh I don't want to see Greg Allen on the team very often I'd prefer he be squeezed off the depth chart but both times the Yankees have pressed the Greg Allen button, it has worked for as long as Greg Allen has been active. 
So as long as you're not getting somebody off the 40 man for Greg Allen's return, I'm totally fine with it. Yeah. Uh, also, just selfishly, the more moves the Yankees make, the higher the traffic on yanksgoyard.com is. So I like mm-hmm. when they make moves. I like when they make corresponding moves. Uh, making moves is better than passing on moves, in my humble opinion. The Yankees have done a ton of moving and shaking this offseason. Unfortunately, monkey's paw curls. It's a lot of Cody Poteet, and it's a lot of like learning people exist as moves are made. But they're certainly making moves. You wanted roster turnover? You got Alex Verdugo, Juan Soto, Trent Grisham, Marcus Stroman. Pretty big four pieces of roster turnover in addition to giving some giving someone like Will Warren a chance, getting someone like Luis Heel back, getting Scott Efros back, and adding these confusing arms to the back end of the bullpen. Did you guys think Ian Hamilton would make a huge impact last year when he was signed to a minor league deal before spring training? Kind now he's like yeah. their he's like their second most trustworthy reliever at this point. Who knows if it's a one year wonder or not? But one of these names who we right now are hating on as like a joke of an offseason move are going to make a huge impact. It would be great if that person was not Greg Allen, because there are people I'd rather see in the outfield than Greg Allen. But somebody who you're like, why is the podcast wasting our time? Or as the troll said last show, why are they talking so much? Someone who we're talking about so much is going to make an impact on this team. And then we can be like, hey, you know, we were early to it. Uh, like the Justin Turner thing. We're st- putting our flag on Justin Turner Island. He's going to be good this year. It's going to be annoying as always. Uh, it's good to be early on stuff. Yeah, just putting – we got to get this stuff on the radar. We got to have a, a history of talking about it so you guys know. Stay informed. That's all it is. We're not, we're not saying Greg Allen's going to be one of the uh, – is the fourth outfielder or living on the bench. He's just going to – he's waiting in the wings. God forbid what happens. Every year there's injuries. Every year, um, you know, guys go away for a little while. The IL, little – little IL stint to get the mind right. Who knows? The Yankees always do this or to prevent something if they see fatigue. Um, part of that question, you know, or the statement to Aaron Boone about winning, like the game has changed. Uh, players are managed in different ways uh, with their, um, with their physique, um, with their daily output. Um, do I agree with it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't play. I'm not a professional. Um I'll tell you one thing, though. Uh, my body has broken down playing recreational league sports, so I'm not going to be the first person to weigh in on 162-game season for 26 Tommy John surgeries that are at an all-time high and soft tissue injuries have some, for some reason, you know, spiked. I don't know. I don't I don't know the that part of the world and um, the fact that I can uh, uh, pull an oblique and slow-pitch softball um, shows I'm not qualified to speak on it. It is frustrating to an extent watching from afar and knowing that the men, the men of yesteryear played all 162 games and didn't complain at all and and iced their balls after the game and that's all they needed. And it made um, them worse. That's the other thing. Like, like oh, Mickey Mantle used to play every day. Yeah, he was extremely injured and would sometimes strike out four times and not be able to yeah. punt. Like. I don't want that. You, you think you hate Giancarlo Stanton now? How about Mickey ripping a heater after an 0 for 4 with 3Ks day, being like, I can't walk and not running? Like, modern baseball fans would also hate that, but you didn't see it. He's in enough cameras in everyone's faces all the time. Um, yeah, I, I'm curious. Like, I, we're always trying to make the podcast better. That's how you know they were bad haters on the last show because they were just like, you guys talk too much. What, what do you want to see from the podcast? It is a podcast. Like we're talking about here. What, what, what yeah. do you want? Charts, graphs? Like those are the kind of haters that don't get to me. If you have legit criticism, we even turn that guy's, although I do have bad news. We turned that guy's one-star review into a five-star review. And I did get an alert that he 
reverted it back to the one star review Damn. that it was that it was before. But it's an old bad review. It wasn't like new stuff. Like, hey, the podcast got worse again. It was just one of the old ones. But yeah, that five stars gone. So if you guys do want to leave us a five star to make up for that, we're always just trying to get better. Um, but if the criticism is you guys talk too much on the live stream, that we're not going to be able to fix. We're not going to be able to change that. I, I wish that we were able to change that. But not, but when my mouth opens, words come out. And also, that's what the show is. So we're going to get guests in here so that we talk less, but there won't be less talking. You know no. what I mean? To talk show. Yeah. Um, yeah, moral of the story here is if you're going to be a hater, be you just got to be more creative. Yeah. You got to roast me. You got to bury me. You can't just come in here and start saying random shit. Yeah. That, there's no, uh, like, for the love of God. Have some tact. There's got to be more art to this. I think you know? it was because we had Mets in the headline and they were Mets people, I think. But even like they were asking us questions. They were like, are you guys idiots or do you have credentials? And I was answering them. I was like, no, nah, we're idiots. We're, we're, <laughs> we're very dumb. Thank you can you. also research us to see if there are credentials or yeah. if you think we're idiots. I don't know. Um, either way, it's a nice return back to normalcy here for the most part. Welcome back, guys um happy the chat was lively today and we got to answer some of your questions we appreciate you thanks for being here yeah thanks everybody we're gonna be back here monday at two o'clock eastern like always and you can find us on all podcast platforms again apple google spotify if you haven't hit join to become a member of the youtube channel yet highly recommend it want to get that discord going you guys have two months basically because when the season begins i think it's going to be active so if you're thinking about it you're gonna, can i spare three dollars this month I don't, I don't know. I don't have access to your checkbook and personal finances, and some folks can't. Thomas and I are wasting a lot of money tonight, by the way, on a sports card break. Yeah. Uh, do we? Does everyone have the resources to do that? No. Do we? No. No. But we are doing it. Uh, if you, uh, if we don't know what's in your checkbook. If you're prone to making crazy purchases, I would say $3 a month to help support the show. Probably not your craziest. No. Um, but it, it will help start a great community for us and get that going. So, again, opening day, ticking clock. Uh, let us know. Um, we would love to see you in there. Uh, I'm Adam Weiner. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner. Thomas Carinante. Where can the people find you? I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. Um, if you guys have any finance questions, send me your credit limits. I'll let you know if that's good enough to um, to buy into the Discord. Yeah, but uh, don't be anti-Semitic. Just be normal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you guys once again for tuning in. Um, you can find the both of us at the Yanks Go Yard, the official sorry, Yanks Go Yard Twitter account, at Yanks Go Yard FS. Um, our bylines are at yanksgoyard.com. Ton of, tons of content there. Everyone's reading today. Head on over there. You might be missing out. Um, like the SpongeBob meme, Squidward looking out the window, Patrick and SpongeBob running around. That's what Yanks Go Yard is right now if you're not there reading our great content. Um, what do we got? Until then, uh, we got the weekend coming up. Holy shit, I didn't even realize um, hope you guys have a great weekend. We'll be back here Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern. If we're going to be late, I'm going to change the schedule. Learn my lesson. You guys have gotten antsy in the past when we were five minutes late, assuming we were in a meeting today. We were indeed in a meeting. So we we're pushed back to 2.15. Um, we're going to respect that um, in the future. We should have been doing that prior. We found a little toggle where we can do it. And we're learning every day, just like you guys. Yeah. Um, so if we have any updates to that, please look on the YouTube schedule. Um, we'll make any time adjustments there. But right now, it's 2 p.m. Eastern, Monday. We're going to have hopefully a little bit more to talk about. We're, we'll start getting into uh, spring training conversations, uh, greater 40-man roster scopes, things like that. So um, please keep following us. 
Keep in touch. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks a lot. Thank you all. We'll catch you next week. Enjoy the weekend uh, between the Super Bowl. It's one of the worst weekends of the year, um, just objectively. Like, I'm going to, I don't know. It's a bad weekend, but try to, try to fill it. We'll see you on Monday. Uh, take care, everybody.